Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Arts Project is an organization at the University of Michigan that does creative arts programming in every prison in the state in some capacity. We do that through creative arts workshops, in weekly workshops inside prisons that are within about an hour's drive of Ann Arbor. We also publish an annual literary review that solicits and receives submissions from writers in every prison in the state. And we also mount an annual exhibition of art by Michigan prisoners, which is the largest exhibition of prisoner art in the world and collects art from art makers in every prison in the state. So our mission as an organization is to bring together members of the university community with justice-impacted people for mutual learning and growth which all of our creative arts programming contributes to in different ways. Very sadly, we had to postpone our 25th annual exhibition of Art by Michigan Prisoners, and that was really just a heartbreaking decision for so many reasons. That show includes over 800 pieces of art created by incarcerated people in Michigan. During our annual exhibition, all of the art is for sale and the proceeds go back to the incarcerated artists themselves. So for many in Michigan prisons, it is a critical source of income, often for the entire year. It's also such an important event for families and loved ones to be able to come and see art created by someone they love inside. So what we're doing now is thinking about ways that we can continue to support artists and other participants and all incarcerated people inside. So we're working on getting a mailing together to go into Michigan prisons to apprise people of the steps we've taken to express our solidarity and connection to them. But it's only the beginning. We're still brainstorming and thinking about how we can be creative in this moment. I've received a number of updates from the Michigan Department of Corrections about precautions that they are taking. In the early days of March, the Department of Corrections ended all in-person visits and educational programs happening inside prisons as a precautionary measure. At that point, they had not detected any cases of coronavirus inside. The Michigan Department of Corrections has also enhanced its sanitation and cleaning regimens at all of its facilities, but certainly the ability to socially distance is much more limited inside. Michigan prisons are severely overcrowded. Even before this crisis, people incarcerated in the state suffered significant negative health impacts because of the poor conditions of prisons. So due to that overcrowding and just the built environment of prisons themselves, social distancing isn't really possible whatsoever. People who are incarcerated are constantly near other people, which dramatically exacerbates the chances of infection. I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to think about how your social distancing or quarantine has felt to you so far. I know for me, it's felt isolating and at times very lonely and overwhelming. And then think about doing that in prison where you have extremely limited information about what's happening out in the world. You might have zero or now no in-person contact with your family or other loved ones. And the impact of that isolation and loneliness will really just be felt 
tenfold. Being in prison is already extremely challenging for mental health in terms of isolation and connection to your communities. I do think that ending in-person visitation was the right thing from a public health perspective, but it's also important to remember that mental health is part of public health and think about ways that we can continue to address that as we take the necessary measures to contain the virus. These days, you know, we hear a lot about how the public health crisis is impacting our most vulnerable populations. And incarcerated people now and in times when we are not in crisis are our very most vulnerable people in our society. Incarcerated people suffer significant health impacts from their incarceration. They have very limited, if any, access to regular health care, again, even in times when there is not a public health crisis. And so it's important as we keep in mind protecting our most vulnerable, that we truly include all of the most vulnerable in that category. The other thing to keep in mind is that this virus, this crisis will not be under control until it's under control everywhere, including in prisons and jails and detention centers. And so as we think about what a real, adequate, robust public health response will look like, it must include all of the spaces where the virus is spreading and all of the people who are vulnerable to it. In terms of quarantine inside, there really aren't good options. Usually, if someone needs to be quarantined, the only thing that can be done is to put them into segregation or isolation as it sometimes more colloquially known. And this is a measure that's a punishment measure, right, that is is used in, in prisons in this state and in many other states. But unfortunately, it's often the only way to quarantine someone inside. And so truly the best and really only way to protect people's health is to release them from prison. Our work at the Prison Creative Arts Project is really all about working with the public, whether that's other community organizations or individuals, incarcerated people, it's truly central to our mission. And it has been throughout the 30 years that our organization has been doing this work. I would say also that the best ways to make good policy and make social change in this area are to understand the ways that people who are most vulnerable are experiencing these problems, meaning people who are incarcerated, people who are from communities that are hyper-policed or violently policed. And so PCAP is really sort of on the front lines of gathering the most important information about ways to make meaningful reform, to improve the safety of everyone in our communities. And that's really why public engagement, community organizing, solidarity is central to all of the work that we do. It's been really heartening in this moment of crisis to see so many mutual aid efforts spring up and be organized by our communities. And mutual aid is a system where community members work to meet the needs of one another. It's really important to make a distinction between mutual aid and charity in which the process of kind of distributing resources is very top down. Instead, mutual aid is about coming together, expressing our needs and meeting them, especially in a time of crisis. I'm hopeful in this moment, as we are all feeling vulnerable and isolated, that it might be a moment that we're all able to really radically expand our capacity for empathy and genuinely be able to place ourselves in the shoes of people who feel this kind of fear and isolation all the time, whether that's someone who's incarcerated or someone who is in a community 
that experiences a significant amount of violence or someone who doesn't have their material needs met on a regular basis. I hate to make any kind of silver lining suggestion because I genuinely don't think there's any silver linings here, but I do think that this could be an opportunity to really think widely about empathy and solidarity with people who are always the most vulnerable in our communities. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.